healed and delivered. Amen. We got two more months, so come on, let's get it. Amen. So, if you haven't been following with us for this series, we've been talking about being saved, healed, and delivered. We talked about the man at the pool of Bethesda. We, talk, we talked about Adam and Eve when they got kicked out the garden and we, we talked about the blind man God healed and he saw trees. Tonight, we briefly talked about last week, but tonight we're going to be talking about the blind man on the roadside. Amen. The blind man on the roadside. Before we go into the scripture, I want to pray. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, for this night, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for this episode, Father God, and the message that you have for this episode. I pray, Father God, that this show that you have put in front of the person you need to see this, Father God, that they receive it, that their hearts are open to receive just the message you have for them today, Father God. That, Father God, that through this series, Father God, that we're that that we're going to be saved, healed, and delivered. That, Father God, that we're going to go into 2024 better than we left 2023, Father God. That, Father God, we're going to go into 2024, Father God, as you have called and you have formed us to go, Father God, that, that tonight, Father God, someone will make up in their minds, that someone will make up in their hearts, Father God, that tonight they are making the decision to be saved, to, to be healed, and to be delivered, Father God. That, Father God, we decree and we declare, Father God, that as we go, Father God, throughout 2023 and into 2024, that there will be no more traumas, Father God, that we will, we will be not affected by the traumas, we will be not affected by the triggers, and we will not be affected by the tantrums, Father God. There's no more traumas, there's no more triggers, and there's no more tantrums. Father God, we just thank you, Father God, for this message, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the message you put in me, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for working this message in me, through me, and among me, Father God. And, Father God, as I speak tonight, Father God, that you continue to increase in me and I decrease, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for using me as your vessel, for someone to know, Father God, that tonight they're getting saved, that tonight they can be healed, and tonight they can be delivered through your power, through your blood, and through the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. I want, want to thank everyone for watching yet again. Amen. And tonight, the scripture we're going to be breaking apart that we're going to be diving into is Luke chapter 18. We're going to take a dive into Luke chapter 18. Amen. If you have your Bibles and you have the version that has like the text, the the the, the title of the text you read, you'll see that it says a blind beggar receives his sight. Amen. We're gonna be talking about the blind man on the roadside. Amen. So Luke chapter 18, verse 35. If you don't have your Bible, it's gonna be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible at all, you can go ahead and message me and we can get you one. Amen. So we're going from Luke chapter 18, verse 35. It reads, as Jesus approached Jericho, 
a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the, the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but shouted all the more, Jesus, I'm sorry, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw him, they also praised God. Amen. So here we are in our text, if you don't know. We are in the text. And Jesus is on a journey to Jericho. So here's the thing for those who don't know. I'm gonna, let me break this down, what Jesus is doing. Jesus is on tour going city to city and he's on his way to Jericho. The, the thing that if you're a Christian and you're, you're watching gospel artists and you see Kirk Franklin and the team, Kirk Franklin, Todd Trivet, Tamla Mann, David Mann, they're on a family reunion tour and they're going city to city. That is what Jesus is doing in this very moment. Jesus is going city to city, and people are going out, and they're with him. And they're making a noise, and they're shouting, and they're exalting the name Jesus. Because this man by the name of Jesus have came to earth. He's been walking this earth, doing miracles for going on three years now. And he's walking the earth, doing miracles, preaching sermons, teaching lessons, sitting with the poor, healing the blind, healing the crippled. Just being a rebel in his day and time. So all these people want to see this man named Jesus. And as he's leaving Bethany, he's on his way to Jericho. Now here's the thing. Before you get to the city, there's a gate. So before you enter the city, you have to go through a gate. 
And at these gates are mostly people who are cast out of the city because of certain ailments in their body, certain afflictions that they go through. And in our text, we just so happen to come across a beggar who's blind at the gate of Jericho. So this man is at the gate of Jericho and he's begging people for something to help him. This man is at the gate of Jericho begging for people to help him. Uh, let, me, let me bring it to our, our day and time today, right? So, so for instance, this man is sitting outside the local gas station. Begging for some, begging for some spare change. And in our text, this man is so used to being at the gate, he senses something out of the ordinary. Because this man is at this gate every day. Every chance he can get to the gate, he's there. And he's begging people to help him. But today in our text is something different. He's hearing more people yelling. He's hearing more people talking. So he says, okay, I know there's something different going on. There's something different happening tonight. So he goes and asks someone. He asked them what is happening. And they told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. They tell him, oh, Hey, Jesus is coming and he's just passing by. Now, now this man, he's heard of this man, Jesus. He knows about this man, Jesus. He's heard about the miracles he's done. He's heard about who he is because he goes on to call out his name. So once they say Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, he goes and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, to many people, and when I first read this text, before I started studying and researching the text, I just read that. I just read that he called out Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I just read it like that, and I and I just read it like that, and I'm like, okay, cool. He called out to Jesus. That's all, right? But then God revealed to me this very thing. He called out to Jesus, 
son of David, have mercy on me. He called out the name Jesus. That, that, that's what most people shouted. And that's what they ended. But here's the thing I want to break to you, bring to you. He said, Jesus, son of David. Oh, right there, right there. That's where I shouted at. Because not only did he know about the power that he had, the power that's in the name, but he knew about the royalty of the name. How you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm bringing it to you. you. You see, because of who Jesus is, not just what he did, but because of who he is, he knew that he can help them. You you don't understand. Let, let, let me backtrack a little bit. This man, as I told you, he's identified as being blind and a beggar. But Mark, if you go if you go read Mark, Mark identifies the man as. Bartilimus, right? And his name means one who honors God. His father is Timotheus, right? Honors God. So, so here. Mark identifies the man not just as a beggar and, a, and blind, but Mark identifies the man as one who honors God. And it goes, it, God reveals to me, it goes further that he had a foundation of honoring God from his father. <laughs> you see, he was in a situation that he couldn't see. He was in a situation that people identified him as something cast out. He was identified as something to be rejected. So he had to go to a place where he can get help. And that was at the gate of the city. So, so, if we just think about the man now as he's identified, he's identified as one who honors God, but is in a position of being rejected, in a position of rejection, of a position of abandonment, a position of neglect, a situation of people casting him out, people talking down on him. He's in that position, but he's a man who honors God. So it wasn't about what Jesus did, but it's about who he was. That's why he said, Jesus, 
son of David, have mercy on me. I know you are a miracle worker, but because of who you are, I know you can help me. <laughs> Not just help me be able to be accepted, but help me be able to be healed. Tonight, God wants you to know you're not just being healed because of healed of your illness, but you're being healed of your name. You're being healed of the situation you're going through. He's not healing, just healing you so you can see, but he's healing you so you can be accepted. Ha! You're not just saved, healed, and delivered by the power, but you're saved, healed, and delivered by the name, by the position, by the presence. Because Jesus, demons flee at the name. You see, yes, Lord. Mm. God's downloading to me right now. Whew. This is good because God wants me to let let us know that because of who Jesus is, we have authority over our situation. That's it. You see, so many people are falling into a state of depression. So many people are stuck in that situation because they believe the devil is overpowering them. They believe that the situation, they're drowning in that situation because they believe that they don't have authority over that situation. But tonight, God wants you to know that because of the name Jesus, you have authority. Because of what Jesus did, yes, you have power, but you also have authority. You have authority over your situation. So, so this man at the gate of Jericho, he calls out and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on you. He, what, what, he, what the scripture is saying, yes, I know that the power within you is good, but I know because you have authority, not only because of the power, but because of the authority within you, I have, you can have mercy on me. Because of the power and authority, you can help me. Ah, but here's the thing I want to bring to you. Verse 39. Verse 39. This was good when God revealed this to me. Listen, like I said, when I first read this text, I read, matter of fact, I read 35 to the end, just read it. And I rejoiced because he called out to Jesus. I rejoiced because he was healed. But God, here's the thing, but here's the thing. I, I now I know I don't just rejoice because of the big things. I rejoice for the little things because if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit in my life, listen, 
If it wasn't for the power and authority of God in my life, I would not be here tonight. I would be dead. I would be in a state of depression. But I want to thank God for the lifting that he done. I want to thank God for waking me up. I want to thank God for getting me to church. I want to thank God for allowing someone to speak in my life. I want to thank God for allowing, for allowing God to use them to ask me one simple question. Do you want to go to church? I thank God for that one question. Because here's verse 39. It reads, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. I don't want you to read the next verses yet. Therefore, you see, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Those who were coming before Jesus, those who were in front of Jesus, those who were in the presence of Jesus, those who knew what Jesus can do, we beat the man and told him to be quiet. The same people who told the man that Jesus was passing by rebuked the man and told him to be quiet. So, so I, I thought to myself, if you're going to tell someone about Jesus, how do you expect them, him to be quiet? Why would you expect him to be quiet? Do you not know? You know the name Jesus, but do you not know what he can do? Do you not know who he is? So these people rebuked him and told him to be quiet. I, I, I like how Mark put a comma there. I'm sorry. I like how Luke put a comma there because he lets you know that there's more to the story. He lets you know there's more to the situation. It, it reads, but he shouted all the more. Ah, but he shouted all the more. I think I'm about to break that out. <laughs> they told him to be quiet. They tried to correct him because he was saying who Jesus was. He was declaring, he was proclaiming who Jesus was. He was saying, oh, I know who he is. I know what he done. I know who he is. And I know he can heal me. I know he can help me. So I'm not being quiet any longer. I'm not being quiet just because you don't know what he can do. You don't know who he is. I'm still going to shout. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to call on his name because he said this. Son of David, have mercy on me. He said, I don't care what you say. 
I don't care what the people that's around you say. I don't care what the, what they do to me. I know what you can do, and I know who you are. And son of David, I have something that I need your help with. Last week we talked about the blind man and we, we talked about how the, the first time Jesus touched his eyes he didn't see clearly. And, and I, I explained that after the first touch the man could have walked away and said, okay, it didn't work. You must not really be Jesus. I'm blind. People, will make, people must be mocking my illness. I'm blind. You must not really be Jesus. You must not really be the healer and the savior that comes to heal and save me. I'm going away. Bye. But instead, he had faith enough to believe that yes, it didn't work the first time, but I trust in you even the more to work on me the second time. Come on. It, it, it didn't. I wasn't completely healed the first time. But I'm going to trust in you yet again. And here in our text tonight, he called out the name Jesus. And the people in front of Jesus told him to be quiet. And he could have said, okay, y'all are with Jesus. Y'all know him better than me. I'm just a man who's blind, begging for some help. He, he could have just sat in his situation and said, I'm not worthy of speaking. I'm just needing some help. You, you can see you, you're not in my situation, so you can help me even the more. But he didn't say that. He didn't do that. He says, I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what you tell me to do. I know that Jesus is a miracle worker. I know he's a healer. Not only is he a miracle worker, not only is he a healer, but he's royalty. He's connected to royalty. He has authority to help me. So he cried out yet again. He cried out even the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm, I was picturing in my mind as I was reading this and studying this for tonight. I, I pictured this man screaming and shouting at the top of his lungs. Because, listen, this is a crowd of people surrounding Jesus, yelling and exalting the name Jesus. So he was yelling at the top of his lungs. He was saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Jesus, this, this man was screaming. Listen, okay? 
<laughs> like, and, I, and I'm picturing in my mind, and I'm, I'm like, okay, this man shouting. And, and now I'm thinking about the people that surround Jesus, that's told him to shut up and be quiet. He's not worthy of saying that name. He's not worthy of mercy. So, so I'm picturing this, and I'm thinking, these people that told this man to shut up, probably thinking, man, this man needs to shut up. We told him, we told him once, he better not let us tell him again. Thinking he's worthy of saying that name. Thinking he's worthy of someone like Jesus to help him. These people that's leave in front of Jesus thinking, man, this dude's getting on my nerves. Some, someone should just go over there and shut him up. And in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking someone was on their way to shut this man up. They told them to be quiet. Now someone is over. The, someone is going over to make him be quiet. And I, I, I read, I read verse forty, and it says Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. See, see, my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Jesus heard this man screaming, yelling for him. And, and this, 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 this text makes me think when I, when I was younger, I, 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 me, thought it wasn't necessary to scream and shout and do all that. It, it's not, <laughs> I, I don't need to do all that to worship God. That's not necessary. All that's not necessary. That's what I was thinking. And my, my senior year in high school, I think I told the story before, but I'm not sure. My senior year in high school, um, my team group, at church, we go to a youth conference. And we're at this youth conference. And let me tell you something. This youth conference was amazing. Each and every member that from, I'm going to each and every member, each and every youth, youth leader from the group was touched by God with every situation they were going through. Before we left the conference, we had an encounter with God. We experienced God. When we got back to the church, when we went, listen, there was evidence that we had an encounter with God. And when, when I heard of, when I was when I heard witness of the evidence that God had through me, I was like, oh my God, it really is necessary. 
Because here's the thing, when you're going through a situation and, and you feel like, okay, this situation, you, you've been going through this situation long for a long time. You, you've been in that situation for a long time, right? You've been You've been living with that girl for six months. Y'all not married? And, and, and it seems normal because culture says it's normal. Society says it's normal. Trauma makes it normal. Because last time I got so committed to some, a relationship, such as marriage, I, my heart was broken. So now this type of relationship, no commitment, no ring, is normal for protection. Because living paycheck to paycheck has become the norm. We're living, we're so used to what has become the normal. We're so used to what has become common that we go through the motions of being a Christian, being a believer. We go to church every Sunday. We lead the church. We lead the streaming. We leave the stream, we leave the live stream, and we go back to the common situation. We go back to the situation our trauma brought on us. Because we don't want to be triggered because we don't want no tantrums. We leave, the, we leave getting healed from the trauma because, because it, once we get healed, once we start getting healed from trauma, it's triggers start to come up. And then when we get triggered so bad, we start to throw tantrums. So we don't want traumas. We don't want tantrums. We don't want triggers. So we, we try to make things common to our trauma. If, if I don't commit myself to a relationship, my heart won't be broken. If, if if I don't have if I don't step out of that job that that I that that job because I was jobless for three months before this job if I leave this job now I'm gonna be jobless again and I won't have no income so I'm settled with living paycheck to paycheck. Like in our text, the man was blind and a beggar at the gate of Jericho. If he would have settled in his situation, 
oh, I'm a beggar and I'm blind. I'm not worthy of what Jesus has for me. I'm just worthy, I'm just worthy of the scraps that I'm, that I'm used to getting. But tonight, God wants you to know that it's necessary to call out the name Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because when you realize that Jesus has the power and authority in your situation, not, not, not the shacking situation. That's the outcome of the of settling in your situation. When you, when you realize that Jesus has power and authority over the heartbreak. When, when, you, you realize, when we realize that Jesus has power and authority over the heartbreak, that we, we can realize that we can be able to be saved, healed, and delivered. That our hearts can be mended yet again. So, so Jesus is here. He stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when the man came close, ah, my goodness. When the man came close, Jesus asked him this one question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now here's the thing. If you think about this, you probably ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? Duh, I want you to heal me. I want you to give me sight. I want to see again. Right? That's probably what you're saying. Or, if he were to listen to everyone else that and stay stuck in his situation, being a beggar and being blind, you could say, okay, I know I'm not worthy of you to heal my sight, but just give me something to give me to the day. I'll be right back here tomorrow. But instead, he says, I know you're Jesus. I know you're the son of David. I know, I know, I know you're Jesus. I know that you're a miracle worker, and I know that you're that your bloodline is tied to royalty. So I know that you have power and I know that you have authority because of your blood. That, that's another story. So I want you to heal me. I want you to heal me so I can see again. And, and here's the thing that God had to work in me with this text. You see, The thing for me, when, when I, I was a believer in Christ, I was saved. I received salvation. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
I was teaching Sunday school. I was on the praise team. I was a musician. I was an usher. I did all these things in the church. And here's the thing. Listen. I would go to church. Stuck in my situation. And every Sunday they would have an altar call. Every Sunday, they will have an altar call. I'm not, that's not it yet. And me personally, every Sunday, I would have a meeting with the pastor. Like, how's your week going? How's things going? How was Sunday school? All this. And we, we talk. Like, every Sunday, I'll have, have a little powwow with some leaders, the pastor. And the thing about this is, I never said I'm stuck in my situation. I'm stuck in being common. I'm stuck in rejection. I'm stuck with abandonment. I'm stuck with neglect. I'm stuck. I, what I would say is I'm, I'm good. My week is good. I went, I went to school. I did this. I'm, I'm, I made this song in school. I, I, did, I said all my accomplishments. But I never really said I want to be healed. I know Jesus, I know Jesus has the power to heal. I know he's a healer. I know he's a miracle worker. But I never felt worthy enough to say, Jesus, come heal me of this situation. I never said, I never said, okay. I never, Jesus was always asking me every Sunday, every time I was in the presence of a leader that of a church. Jesus was always bringing this question. What do you want me to do for you? And I'm saying I'm good. I'm settled. But the man here knew who Jesus was. And knew what he can do. And he had faith enough. In who Jesus was. To say, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God, went up. And I love this next, this last part. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Uh, I love that part. Sorry, I love that part. When the man received his sight, he didn't just walk off. He didn't just go off. He didn't just go into the city. He didn't just go back home. He followed Jesus. Praise God. So many people receive the miracle, receive the blessing, and they go back into their situation. So many people get healed from that trauma and go back 
into the situation they tra they trauma set up for them. And then, maybe days later, months later, years later, they say, God, I'm stuck in the situation again. I thought you healed me. When, when Jesus heals me, I went back into my situation. And I'm saying, God, I thought I was done. But God told me, I healed you. But now you have to leave and follow me. Come on. You, you, you see, because of your trauma that you endured, you created a situation to protect you. Now that I have healed you of your trauma, you went back to the thing that you thought was protecting you and took me away. So what God is saying today, yes, he's healed you. Yes, he can heal you, not just because he's a miracle worker, not just because, not just by power, but by authority. Not just because what he can do, but because of who he is. Because of who he is, <laughs> he can heal, he can save, heal, and deliver you. Because of who he is. Thanks. Uh, and once you're saved, healed, and delivered. Don't go back into your situation. Continue following God. Continue following Jesus. There's a song that came to mind as I was putting some points out there. It is because of who you are I will lift your voice, my voice, and say, I'm not that much of a singer, but it says, because of who you are, I will lift my voice. Because of who you are, I will sing. Because of who you are. Because of who Jesus is, you can be saved, healed, and delivered. Now, here's the thing. The devil wants you to believe. He wants you to believe just because you're not in a church building with a pastor wearing a collar and a robe. He wants you to believe you can't be saved, healed, and delivered. But because of who Jesus is, no matter where you are, 
no matter what time it is, no matter what situation you are in, because of who Jesus is, you can be saved, healed, and delivered on a Tuesday night at 6.51 p.m. for those who are central. Because of who Jesus is, he's outside of time. He's outside of space. He's outside of human understanding. Because of who Jesus is, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, no matter what you are doing, you can be saved, healed, and delivered. No matter what people identify you as, God wants to identify you as saved, healed, and delivered. So tonight, he wants you to know, just because you tuned in tonight to watch this episode, just to see what this little boy was going to talk about tonight. You've seen the flyer, and you say, oh, that's nice. Yeah, trauma, triggers, and tantrums. That's that's clever. Just scrolling on Facebook and it just popped up. God wants you to know just because you accident, just because you think you accidentally clicked on this video, and you just heard me say something that caught your attention. God wants you to know that wasn't accidental. That wasn't just happened since. That wasn't a coincidence. That was the power and authority of him. Because he wants you to know that tonight that you can be saved, healed, and delivered because of who he is. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the Redeemer. He is the Restorer. He is Healer. He is Provider. He is Redeemer. Because of who he is, you can be saved of the situation you've been in for years. Because even when you've seen no way out, he's the way out. He's the way. He's the truth, and he's the light. Because you've been in darkness so, so long, God said, okay, I'm going to make you accidentally in your mind think that you strolled on here by accident and let you know that I am the way when you see no way out. I am the truth when everyone else lied on you. I am the light when you've been in a dark situation for too long. I am the restorer when all else fails. I am the redeemer when people lied on your name. I am the healer when the doctor said no. I am the provider when it seems like your vision is running out. I am. And because, whoo, this next part blew my mind. And because of the man's healing, when people saw, they praised God. You see that this show, that the show, I told you at the beginning, if you didn't hear, I'm going to let you know, the show I told you, we expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders in each and every individual who the show comes across. And when, when I first, when God first gave that to me, I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see miracles, signs, and wonders in the viewers. 
But the thing God told me is that before it touches the viewers, it touches me. Because God is working miracles through me. And because the miracles he worked through me, others will praise him. So what God wants you to know with that, that, that you may be looking for miracles in someone else's life. And God wants me to let you know this tonight. That God's about to get ready to work a miracle through you. Through you, the one who thinks they're unworthy, the one who thinks they don't mean nothing, the one who thinks that if they will die at this very moment, no one would care. The person who's been stuck in a situation for far too long, that they see no way out, that people told them they wasn't worthy of success, that people told them they wasn't worthy of getting the house, the car, the job, the money. That God wants me to let you know today, in this very moment, that you are worthy of a miracle. That he's getting ready to do a miracle through you, and because of that miracle through you, there's going to be a miracle for someone else. Matter of fact, I know, I know. Let me let me break it down this way. God's getting ready to bless you, so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Matt, I'm sorry, that that's not what he told me to say. He told me to say God is getting ready to do a blessing to you, so you can be a blessing through so many more. He says he's about to get, he's about to make you become a seed. That you are, you are a seed that's being planted so others can be blessed by you. But first, you have to know who he is. You see my notes, I had questions to ask, I had a whole bunch of other information, but, but God wants me to just make it plain tonight. God wants me to let this ask some questions, let you know is before you're able to be a blessing to others, before he's able to bless you so you can be a blessing to others, you have to know who who know who he is. Let me give you this analogy out of the sea. Real quick for you. God sends you are a seed that has been planted. Matter of fact, I'm sorry. You are a seed that has been planted. Mm. You are a seed that has been planted. You see, you was planted in some in, in some soil that was no good for you. You was planted in some you was planted on ground that was trying to take you out. But tonight God is saying because you that you took the time to watch the video of a young man that's speaking his heart out to you. That, that you have now been planted in good soil on good ground because now that you know who Jesus is. Now that you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Now that you know that Jesus is the redeemer, now that you know that Jesus is the restore, now that you know that Jesus can bring you out to bring you to a better place, now that you know that Jesus is the son of David, now that you know Jesus has the power and authority to do all things, now that you know that Jesus is the I am who the I am says I am, now that you know who Jesus is, you are planted in good soil on good ground and now they now that you're planted on good soil in good soil and in good ground now it's time to grow now it's time to grow and what does that mean um, let me bring it to you I'm telling you you've been in you've been in areas and places that it, that it was meant to take you out it was choking the life out of you it made you not want to live anymore. It made you it made you be less than God called you. It made you feel like you wasn't worthy to be on this earth. You're in a situation where you're where you feel like what is the point of living? But because tonight God brought you here, God wants you to let you know that He's bringing you out of that that place. He's, been, he's letting you know you're, that's not where he wants you. He doesn't want you to feel like you're less than. He doesn't want you to feel like you're, you're not someone. He doesn't want you to feel like a nobody. He doesn't want you to feel less than. He wants you to know that you're called. He wants you to know that you're anointed. That He wants you to know that he is able and willing to save, heal, and deliver you and bring you into a better place. Now that you know who he is, he wants you to grow. Now that you planted in the right environment, we have an episode every Tuesday at 6 p.m. I would love for you to continue growing with us. But also, Get a Bible. Start reading it. Get a Bible. Start reading it. If you don't know where to start, I heard a pastor say, start with Matthew. Then go to Mark. Then go to Luke. Then go to John. Start there. That's one option. If you if you're tech savvy like me, they have an app called the U Version Bible app. They have great plans to start you out. That's another option. Another option is you can message me and I, we can we can go through a plan together. And not only start getting into the Bible, start getting into the Word of God, get planted in a ministry where there's a pastor who will help you grow. You want me to let you know something? I was in a dark state in my life. I was away from family members, I was away from loved ones. 
I was away from people I can run to, to go talk to. I was time zones away. And the very thing God, God put people into my life where I was, who got me into a church, who got me near a pastor who would help me grow, who, listen, this pastor has a saying, he, he, he says this saying a lot, he says it to the new members who come into the church, and, and it has stuck with me. Go where you grow, and grow where you go. It, is, it may sound redundant, but it's, but it's really genius. Go to a place where you can grow. Go to a place where you can grow, where people will speak life into you. Not just because you're gifted, but because of the God in you. Because they see the God in you. Go to a place where you can grow in the word. Go to a place where you can grow in Christ. Go to a place where you can just grow. And, and while you're going to that place to grow, grow where you go. So don't, don't just go to the church because, hey, you, you, you say you're in a church. Actually grow. That means that you have to, that's some, that's some, don't be a spectator, be a participator. That means you just can't sit in church. You have to get plugged in and get fit in. Because here's the thing, when I, when I went in my dark state and I went to church, I found my pastor, yes. I said, okay, cool, I'm just going to sit and receive what God has for me. But then I, I, I joined the, the AV ministry. And in that ministry, I started growing even the more. Because it got me, because if you don't know about media and AV ministry, if you're, if you're a part of that ministry, you're pretty much at church 24-7. So it got me into the church more. It got me to hear more. Instead of just hearing from the pastor, I started hearing from other voices that God put in my life. And not, not only was I sitting to hear the word of God, I started serving to God. So, so you, you're planted, you're in a good place. You know who Jesus is. That's the first step. And then now it's time to get to grow in the word, get connected with a ministry, and grow in Christ. Amen. That that's all God wants me to give to us tonight. Because <laughs> God, God gave me a lot of notes, but that's probably for another time, another moment. But I just want to pray before we leave. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, for tonight, Lord. I thank you for that God for that individual who has just come to know who you are in their life. Father God, I pray, Father God, that as they're now on a firm foundation, that as they're now in good soil, as they now 
know who you are in their life. They heard what you can do, but now tonight they know who you are. They know that you have power and authority, and they know that tonight they that their situation isn't bigger than you. Mm. That tonight they're coming out of that situation, and you're bringing them into a new situation. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for the individual, Father God, that has said to listen to the words of my mouth, Father God, that Father God has heard your message, that tonight their hearts were able to receive, and tonight they're really and ready to walk with you, Lord. They're really ready and ready to grow in you, Father God. I pray that they find their ministry and find a pastor that will help them continue to grow. I thank you, Father God, for that individual, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that tonight they have made a decision to know more about you, Father God. I thank you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I want to th again thank everyone for watching. I hope you received something from tonight because God was speaking to me. Hold on. I'm sorry. Amen. I hope you received something on tonight. And I hope this word was edifying. I hope this word was enlightening and it allowed you to see the text in a new light and it illuminated something to you tonight. And hey, if you if you receive something, please do comment. Please do share this video because I know this word, I know God brought you this word, but he didn't just bring it to you. He brought it for the world tonight. Amen. So again, share, comment, like, Guess what? Subscribe on our many means of that we have this platform. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all these other listening apps. Just go back and find it. I might post a link again for you. But go comment, share, because this word is not just for me. This word is not just for you. It's for the world to know that God is a savior. God is a healer and God is a deliverer. And he's not, he does not want to see this world fall into sin, but he wants to see us saved, healed, and delivered. Amen. I want to thank you again for watching and tuning in. And I thank you for joining me into the deep. And I want, can't wait to see you next week as we dive again. Amen. To God be the glory.